I'm happy because my good friend and colleague, Dr. Josh Fisher, who is the board chair of the National Animal Care and Control Association, we all know them as NACA, is joining me as guest host. I don't want to give it away. So why don't we start with having them introduce themselves? And I'm Suzanne Kogut, and I am the president of Petco Love. That's my favorite new name of our organization, but everyone uh, knew it formerly as Petco Foundation, but we are now Petco Love. And I'm Chelsea Saley. I'm director of life saving at Petco Love. Chelsea definitely has the best title, right? Director of life saving. Best, best title in the industry. Josh, what were you, what were your first thoughts when you heard about this? So I think from different hats that I wear, I had different thoughts, right? And one of the very first thoughts that I had was, wait, Petco Foundation supports so much, is that going away? And that was, that was kind of the knee jerk reaction, right? And then I, then it transitioned into Petco Love. Okay, so what are they going to be doing? <laughs> and I think that's a kind of an awesome place to start, Suzanne and Chelsea. You know, what's new? What? So this this is a huge change. Tell us, tell us what's happened. Yeah, I, you know, your reaction probably isn't isn't unique. I think a lot of people when we said, hey. The reason that we changed our name from Petco Foundation to Petco Love is it was really was intended to be um, fundamentally a different name for who we were going to, how we were going to be operating in the future. But we preface that with all of our discussions is that funding and investing in local animal welfare organizations will always be a priority for Petco Love. Life-saving happens on the community and on the local level. So Petco Love will continue to be um, provide national support all, for all of our local partners. That will always be a priority. However, we're also going to, there are going to be times where we think nationally, you know, there may be something that just really can't be addressed on the local level. And that's where we think we can step in with an operational component to, a, to provide a solution on the national level. Um, and the first one we went out with, of course, was Petco Love Lost. And, um, and I don't want, I'm not gonna give Chelsea, I know Chelsea's gonna jump in here, but I'm gonna just share personally. I mean, I started in animal welfare in 2005, running an organization that had the animal control contract and lost and found pets. This is something that's been a personal passion from way back when. And I actually is the ED of a local shelter in Charlottesville. It's not a huge community. I was emailing every national player I could find and say, why isn't someone working on a national lost and found database? 2005 that was. And, you know, I, I got, I got bless all the national groups. They were doing great work, but this was not something that anyone wanted to take on at the time. So, um, you know, there's, we'll, we'll talk about the opportunity that came along and how we got about, how we got into it. But um, Chelsea, you have even personal stories with your own pets and it's a personal pa passion for you too. So I'll let you jump in a little bit too. It is, it's a personal passion for me. So about 10 years ago, 
Um, I was new in animal welfare. I was actually just a volunteer at the time. I had started my own nonprofit and I got this, you know, the Mayday code red warning that this blue tick coonhound was going to be euthanized in a shelter in the county next door. And I just could not let that happen. I really love coonhounds and sporting dogs. I think they're the underdog, of course, next to the pit bull. So I thought, I'll go get this dog. I'll find a rescue to take her. Famous last words, right? I pulled her from a shelter without an end game. And so um, she had been hit by a car and I had to have her leg amputated. And fast forward 10 years, she's been with me for 10 years. Um, I quickly learned why my little three-legged blue tick had wound up in this shelter twice. It's because she is a runaway at heart. I think I'm a great pet owner. Um, thank God I still have her 10 years later, but she runs away religiously once a year. Where the other 364 days a year, she's the laziest dog alive and she's on the couch. But for that 24 hours a year, I am, I'm terrified. I'm biting my nails. I'm up all night. I'm crying. Um, one night I was in Nashville. It's always, you know, a friend leaves the door open. The dog sitter didn't know any better. Um, someone came and worked on the lawn and left the gate open. You know, things that are, that happen in all of our lives every day. And so I, I tell everyone the universe put this little dog in my life. So I don't judge pet owners whose pets go missing because I am one of those people. So I'm really passionate about it as well. Well, Chelsea, you bring up a really good point, and a lot of people may not realize this, but one in three pets goes missing during their lifetime. And I think people are shocked when they hear that number. And so uh, Suzanne had mentioned a national database for lost pets. Talk to us a little bit more about how this works. So, it, the, you know, um, Catherine, the one in three statistic, we had seen it a lot too, and we actually didn't couldn't find the data behind it. So we actually recently did a survey and actually, I just want to let everyone know we confirmed it. Actually, 37% uh, of current pet owners had reported that their pet has gone lost at least once, right? Not only that, but 50, over 50% 50 of pet owners have reported that they have found a pet. And over 80, I think it would say 83% of them really don't know what to do or they're not mm. sure of everything they should do when they lose or find a pet, right? And so what we've looked at is, and, and everyone in animal welfare knows this, I mean, it's like, let, let's look at our websites. They're pretty confusing. There's a list of 20 things that you should do if you find or lose a pet. And I think we still need to have all of those out there. But at the end of the day, one of the number one recommended things to do is put a poster on a telephone pole. And it blows my mind that we are in the digital age, the age of technology. And then one of the number one things is put a, put a poster on a telephone pole. It's you just have to step back and go, how did we get here? Right? How did we get here? And, and when is it going to finally be time to change? I will tell you that we went into this creating that national lost and found database. I think everyone thinks it needs to exist. I think the reason it hasn't been done to this point is it's not easy, right? It's not easy to create that one central place where if everyone just posted, we could make this simpler. Everyone, the minute you lose a pet, put, put the photo in. The minute you find it, put the photo. It would, even if you would ultimately find your pet, it would still save you a heck of a lot of time than putting flyers all over town, going 
going to putting up in the coffee houses, vet offices, wherever. So I think of the national database is a way to reunite more pets, but also to make it simpler to do so. The pet fa facial recognition technology added bonus. At the end of the day, technology is fabulous, but we can't make a match unless we create that national database first. You have to have both the animals, the lost and the found in there. So we can have the best technology in the world, but if the animals aren't there to make the match, it's not gonna work. So I think it's for why for us, we are, we are really um, all in for creating that national lost and found database. And number one, first place to start is working with the shelters, which is what Chelsea has been working so hard to do. Well, and Josh Fisher, your other hat that you wear is director of animal services for Charlotte Mecklenburg County in North Carolina. How does Petco Love change the way that you work with animals uh, that are lost in your community? So as a municipal shelter director, I think that this is a game changer because as Suzanne said, you know, hanging a flyer on a telephone pole while an excellent way to find a dog or or cat owner um, is outdated i guess um it just doesn't seem like it can possibly be the most efficient way to do things every single person i know has one of these in their hand right and so if they can just you know click click boom and there it is and the fact that they're you know, is this added bonus of that, uh, Rick, the recognition component, you know, it, it makes it so that A, the software is doing a little bit of the work for you, but B, even if you get a bad angle, because let's be honest, we all have pictures that don't necessarily look like us, um, you know, we can still scroll through those pictures and find them. And, you know, as the owner of hound dogs growing up, I can completely relate to Chelsea in the fact that um, they just sometimes get that wild hair and decide they're going to go on an adventure. And at least for me, they usually came back smelling like they visited a cow farm somewhere, um, which was just a lovely experience. Better than but, a skunk. Better than a skunk. <laughs> oh, good, a skunk. Uh, well, I appreciate cow better than skunk because it's much easier to wash off. <laughs> But so with that, I mean, I think this is huge. And the fact that um, an organization like Petco Love, that is such an industry leader, is pioneering this and is really kind of leading the charge on this. I think that we can't help but it gain traction and truly save lives. Josh, I love that, you know, we brought up that you are running a municipal shelter. And so the folks that are listening to this call understand what that means. I think we assume that the public does as well, and they absolutely do not. So if I live in Charlotte, I might not know the difference between Charlotte, Charlotte Mecklenburg's animal control <laughs> facility and Charlotte Humane Society, right? So one of the things I love the most about the software is you can upload a photo and it will tell you exactly what, if that pet is found, exactly what facility it's in. So you don't spend your time driving all over town when the general public don't entirely understand the concept of animal control. 100%. We've actually had staff that work for the city of Charlotte go to the Humane Society here in Charlotte thinking it was the government facility and walking in and 
saying, you know, I'm here to meet with so-and-so. And they're like, mm, not here. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, a, that, that, that's a hard one for you, huh, Josh? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> like, you know, that's one of those where you're just like, but, but you work here. <laughs> you know, and it, it is such a great point. It's why we have always said that working with the shelters and getting every shelter, every, every group that we can is step one, step one, step one only. Like that should be the basic information that we have is all animals that are in faci any facility anywhere are in here to give people the opportunity to, to find the pet. You know, what we did when we launched on April 23rd is we wanted to make sure we went beyond just the sheltering community, right? Because the sheltering community actually knows, well, some of them do, knows where to look for their pet, maybe not even all of them. Um, but, the, but to Chelsea's point, the general public doesn't. And how do we reach the general public short of, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars on TV commercials nationwide? You know, one of the advantages I think that Petco Love brings to the table is that we're very uniquely positioned because we not only work with the animal welfare industry, but we also work with the pet industry. And in this case, we've e even reached out to a lot of associations, AVMA, NAVC, a lot of the veterinarian associations, um, you know, a lot of insurance companies, whether they're selling pet insurance or not. Right. So we need to reach the general public. And when we did our launch, we had companies like Nationwide, State Farm, Blue Buffalo, um, Dog TV, like Bob's from, Ske Bob's from Skechers Hills, just a host of companies posting about this, a host of associations, AKC, dog trainers, dog training associations. This is what we want to do is we want to reach the pet industry. They're reaching pet owners. And then even a step beyond, sometimes people finding pets may not have a pet. So we're going to look at who are our business partners even to reach that. And so, you know, this is why I say I don't think it's been done before, because even if we, we all of the shelters participate, we need to reach the public. Um, and, and why I think you could say, well, you know, I think maybe just walking around the community is the best place or next door is the best place. All of those are great things to do. But again, it does make it easier to find people in your community if everyone's using this. And I, next door is great. And we're gonna, we're gonna be, we're partnering with next door, but I actually have found several pets when I'm coming into work around in this area, which is very close to San Antonio Animal Services here, but it is not close to my neighborhood that I participate in next door. And I have absolutely no way to access that, right? So this enables everyone anywhere to get to one central location. And again, it's a goal. It's a, it's a laudable goal. It's a big goal, but I'm telling you, we're gonna do it. That's awesome. So you talked about the, the new database some, right? And, um, you know, working in the industry, we have heard some um, myths and legends already about this database. Um, you wanna, do you want to talk a little bit about some of this stuff that you guys have heard? 
love to. We we want to make sure if there is, first of all, Chelsea and I are an open book. If anyone has questions or they're hesitant, come to us because we're going to tell you why we're doing things and we're going to tell you if we're not doing them. So bring them on, Josh. <laughs> all right. So one that we've heard um, is that uh, you've been calling organizations and asking why certain pets weren't reclaimed. Is that is that real life? Did that happen? <laughs> Chelsea, do you, do you want to start there? I don't even know. You need those signs you hold up. It's like, eh, false. So no, that definitely did not happen. <laughs> uh, I don't have a sign. I do have a dog toy. Eh, false. <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely did not happen. Um, we're not here to police organizations' policies, right? Um, we certainly hope that organizations will give pets and their owners a chance to be reunited. We, number one, don't have the bandwidth if we wanted to do that. And number two, we trust you to know that you, to know your communities best. We're never going to police your policies. So talking about community policies and policing community policies, um, do you guys have any kind of commitment or expectation on how long an animal needs to be held as a stray um, or when it can be placed as adoptable, any, anything like that? So I'm going to take that because I think it even talks even more broadly about the type of data we're looking at, including in our in our database, too. So going back to we everyone has their own we're, We are not in here to tell anyone what to do. We believe in our community organizations. We believe in their abilities to do what's best, to, to talk to people that are coming in. So everyone has their own decisions. Um, Quite frankly, going back to that, like we don't even have the time to try to write policies for you. You guys are the experts. We're not getting in your way. The one thing that I think we we have asked and, and we've had discussions about like, what information should be in this database, right? Um, and people will talk about, well, only animals on stray holes. So I'm going to give you a, an analogy that's really interesting to me. And we've had some pushback, like why would we not, why would we have an animal that's not on a stray hold anymore? And you know, there's places stray holds can be 48 hours, right? But let, let me let me give you an analogy of, I think that explains it. It, it. What I don't under, first of all, I don't understand the question in all honesty, because what I see is videos that constantly go viral and that we in the industry applaud when a microchip pet gets returned after two years, we're like, woohoo, this is awesome. But if we ask someone to have the opportunity to find their pet on day four, if the stray hole was 48 hours, we're gonna say, no, 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 we're gonna make sure we make it hard for you and not put it in the database. That is, I just fundamentally don't even understand. We should be putting, we're asking people to put all animals in your organization that 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 are, are good to be publicly available. I understand there's some cruelty cases, maybe that don't go in there, but put all of them in. Um, we've also had people say, well, that means people can can go and um, reclaim their dumped pet. I, I'm just saying, I think if a, someone dumped a pet, they're probably not going to reclaim it. I'm just going to venture a guess out there, but but you know, this gives people. We want people to have the opportunity to find their pet. If the, if the pet wasn't ever stray, there's no one looking for it, right? Um, if it never went lost, but there are times, and, and we all know this, there are times where 
Look at on the microchip, the pet went stray, someone else found it. Um, that could have been an owner surrender if it went into a shelter when someone else found it, if they held it for a while, we should give that person who was the original owner the opportunity to find it. Everyone else can have whatever policies that you have as far as what information needs to be provided to reclaim it. Maybe you've held it after the stray hold, maybe you've spayed and neutered it, maybe you want people to adopt it back. Great, that's, that's fine. We're not policing any of that. We simply want people to have the opportunity to find their pet if it went lost. I've also heard several times, oh gosh, we cannot show our pets on medical hold, right? Like they don't look like healthy, plump, adoptable strays or adoptable pets. Why would you not want to show the pets on medical hold, right? Let's say, let's say my coonhound Mary got lost and accidentally was hit by a car and she was in her, in her former life. That was her first run to a shelter. Um, if she had not been shown on Petco Love Lost, would I not have found her, right? Would the organization have treated my pet, but I would have been happy to pay to treat if I could have found her and then adopted her to someone else and incurred that expense. So we do get a lot of uh, questions around medical hold. And when we explain it that way, orgs tend to, to totally agree with that philosophy. It's just, you have to talk through it first. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm so glad because you hit on you know, some of my future questions, right, about the, the cruelty cases and the medical holds. And, and, you know, I think that your approach and the, the decision that you made to show everything is just so important because, I mean, I can attest in our shelter, we've had animals come in that have um, gone missing, you know, three or four days. They've been here for that long. They passed the legal stray hold and the owner was on vacation and the pet sitter was so embarrassed about losing the pet that they didn't want to call the owner and tell them. So they weren't looking in all the right places, right? And, you know, that's a story, that's a reason, like keep them up there, <laughs> you know? Um, but one of the things that you guys talked about was the database. And I know that I have heard some different things. And one of the big things is, you know, what's actually happening with the data? You know, there's got to be something in it for Petco Love. So, so what's being done with the data? <laughs> so what's in it for, let's, there's got to be something in it for Petco Love. Let, I just want to address what's in it for Petco Love head on. We want to reunite lost pets. That's, that's what this is about. This is not about, this is about reuniting lost pets. Because of that, um, and again, remember, of course, people know that this was Finding Rover that we brought into to Petco Love. Because of that, we've changed a lot of things, right? We, some, some shelters, and everyone has a different view. Some shelters are giving us only animal data. Some shelters are actually giving us adopter information so we can encourage adopters to actually register their pets. We've had other shelters say, can't you just make it automatic? And I'm like, we can't make it automatic. People have to take action to want to do that, right? So we have, people have very broad views. And what we did is we made everyone, we made it, um, we, we made the system uh, flexible so people can choose what they want to do. What are we doing with the data? We're putting it up there so people can find their lost pets. Um, if, if, any, if an organization wants to make sure adopted pets then are registered you know, by the individuals, we will send out, I think it's two, three emails, see if they want to register. And if they don't, it's got, they're, they're out of it. I mean, we, we don't keep that information. 
we're not emailing them, you know, separately, you know, any like commercial element or anything like that. They're not sharing their email addresses with Petco. I get that question a lot. We do not share their email addresses with Petco to try to, to offer any sales or anything like that. And to be clear, we can't. We're a nonprofit. Awesome. That was actually my one of the kind of follow-ups to that question was the Petco piece and, and what information was being shared with Petco, because that's another thing that you hear is, oh, well, it's, it's, not, in, it's not fully intended to reunite pets. They really want to see folks go to Petco and spend money at Petco, which... Trust me, if that would like, there'd be a much less expensive and, and less resource intensive way if that was our ultimate goal. Like, I, I truly do believe like this is, it's not an easy thing to do. And I think it's why we're really hoping that at least the shelter community and our animal welfare partners, you know, will come on board, you know, give us the trust that, that I think we deserve on, on this. I mean, we're really in it to reunite lost pets. Um, and it's, but at the end of the day, we want to simplify our, what it's going to take with our animal welfare partners so we can get to work on the bigger picture. And that's getting the general community to know, finding the ways to get out there so everyone knows and uses this system. So one day the goal would be, you know, a lot of the lost pets don't ever have to come into the municipal shelters. That gives everyone the ability to put their resources to other ways to help the community, to help pets, and quite frankly, hopefully to help make everyone's jobs a little bit easier too. We've heard that organizations who are interested in receiving grant funds are required to register with uh, Petco Love and Loss Program. Can we talk about that for a minute? We definitely do have that requirement. Um, I think it's really just we're trying to create a national system and we need our partners to partner with us. We often partner with our partners. This time we're asking for our partners to partner with us in doing so. You know, if there is ever something like we have a lot of organizations that actually maybe don't have a software that enable them to partner with us, right? So what have we done? We're actually looking at, we've done grants to help people get the software. Not only will that enable them to partner with us, but it'll enable them to get their data quicker, more efficiently to shelter animals count. We'll get that national database that we all want also that much quicker. So we are always a good partner in that regard and we help people. And if there's reasons that you know it can't happen, then we're always open to discussing um, but this is just something that, you know, we need everyone to, to be in this together. This is how it's going to work. And, and we're investing in other organizations and spending our time and effort to be able to raise funds to do so. Please don't make us spend more time and effort to get everyone on the database so we can have a national database. I guess it's my request. Hope that's not, hope that's fair. Chelsea, I don't know, anything to add? Yeah, I'll add that, you know, as we're considering grant applications, it's really important to us that organizations are as efficient as possible. And so there are free resources in the industry. Petco Love Lost is not the only one. It's important to us that organizations take advantage of life-saving tools um, that are at their disposal that are free um, to be the most life-saving organization that they can be. So it's about efficiency as well. So... 
in the same vein as efficiency and taking advantage of life-saving tools. Um, I am super curious how uh, Petco Love Lost, because I've heard through the grapevine uh, that there is some potential impact for this during disasters and other outreach events. So um, in the interest of efficiency, can you share that? <laughs> Yeah, that's it's a that is a I think it will be it, it is currently a focus for us is trying to to have Petco Love Lost be that tool during a disaster and I think that anyone that has been involved in anything with the disaster knows how important it is then because number one a lot of people can't leave I mean I I was in Houston during Harvey you couldn't get your pets to the shelter in many in many cases right. Um, the shelters, the, the organizations that you could get to, or people in disasters are, communities are helping one another. You have makeshift um, shelters going in a, you know, a fairgrounds and what, like the system is different. So if we could all focus on one central location, I think we're going to get more pets reunited. And again, really take the burden off of the organizations that are pretty burdened during times of disasters, focusing on a lot of things, rescuing pets, everything. Let's make reuniting them easier. Um, so, you know, I, you know, personally, I don't know anyone that's been involved in it. We have talked to some of the, the various disaster agencies. I think everyone's excited. We just need to figure out how to get everyone to embrace and get the word out. So I am thrilled that finally an infrastructure has been put in place. It's been talked about for years. Um, different companies have maybe attempted it, but if this is a tool that can help during disasters, it's gonna revolutionize the way that we support communities when they need us the most. In addition, I think it's uh, really important to talk about with disasters, you know, the organizations are so flooded with animals, no pun intended, that, that, you know, they transport animals out. And so if you're in Houston, you might be transporting animals to, you know, the Northeast or, or Seattle, right? And so if you were impacted by a disaster and weren't able to find your pet in a timely fashion, did your pet get shipped across the country? And so with Petco Love Lost, with the facial recognition technology piece, it can search the entire country to see if your pet actually was transported out and, and give you a better opportunity to be reunited. I grew up on the coast of North Carolina that gets hit with floods. And, you know, sometimes you get evacuated and especially in more rural areas, there are cases where you have time to go get your pet and there are cases where you don't. And the fact that that Petco Love lost and you could look on there and find your pet and find where your pet is and know that your pet is safe even before you're able to get back and get your pet. Like the amount of relief that that has got to be able to offer some people is just enormous. Is there anything else that you think individuals working in shelters need to know about this program? I, I think just generally, I think, you know, we are, Sheltering has evolved over time, and we're working to become community resource centers and ask the community to help us in our mission. And when we do that, I think we need to give tools to the community to help them help us, right? And I think many more people would be willing to take perhaps a dog that they found that was walking on the streets into their home if they knew there was a simple way 
that they could find the owner, right? The cat example, leave the cat there. Leave it there, but take a picture. And if the owner, at least the owner will know where it is. We wanna give them more tools to do so. And the only thing I will add is when we talked about, you know, if pets, it could be months before people look for their pets. To be clear, if that pet is then adopted, and this goes back to our data, and I do wanna be clear for everyone, once the pet has an outcome, it's adopted or whatever the outcome, it's not gonna be in our database. So it's, it should never cause you any issues. It's when it's still there, when it, that's when the, the owner is gonna have the opportunity to, to find their pet. But this is, a, this is really a goal to provide more community solutions so we can work together with the community. Organizations who are listening should know the platform integrates seamlessly with Chameleon, PetPoint, Shelter Buddy, and Shelter Love. And we are actively working on integrations with Shelter Manager, Pet Established, and RescueGroups.org. So we're working actively to make it as accessible for organizations across the country as we possibly can. Josh and I heard a rumor that you have some very cute dogs in your lives. And can we meet any of them? Chelsea's trying to round up the hound dog. This is Iggy, who I affectionately call Iggy Popsicle sometimes. I don't know why. Iggy was from San Antonio Pets Alive. Um, usually I'm a great foster and all my fosters get adopted. Iggy was adopted twice, returned twice. And I can't even imagine why, because he's, he's such a love bug. Um, his tongue only came out recently. Iggy was also a distemper survivor. So I'm going to share what I've learned about distemper. Iggy used to have this, this uh, paw that went like this all day long. And over time, that tick went away. So he no longer has a tick, but now we don't have our tongue in our mouth. But he's a love bug. He's my doll. Um, and he runs the household. He, I used to have five other big dogs. I'm down to three, but he's in charge. Right, Ig? <laughs> he's absolutely precious. He's, he's so adorable. cute. <laughs> I'm a sucker for any dog whose tongue hangs, hangs out. I used to have a wiener dog whose tongue hung out. So I, I love it. This is Emerson. She is seven years old. She's a dachshund from Canal Charleston Humane. I too fostered her. She did not have not a stitch of hair. She looked like a little dinosaur. Um, she had Demodex. And so I treated her through that. And then of course you can't let them go after that. Um, I did try to round up my naughty coon hound. She is treeing a squirrel in the backyard as we speak. I apologize if you can hear her barking. Um, at least I hope she's actively in the backyard. And if she's not, I will post her on Petco Lovecraft. <laughs> Congratulations on all the hard work that went into this and the thoughtfulness and trying to make it easy for shelters and for shelter teams. Let's come back and talk again in a few months and hear more about how the program's doing and where you have found some things to celebrate. Sound Absolutely. good? Absolutely. And we want to thank both of you guys. You, both Catherine, Josh, you two have been so supportive um, in helping us get the word out. Thanks for having us and really for all of the support and helping make this possible. I can't say thank you enough um, from on behalf of our organization as a municipal shelter and then also on behalf of the National Animal Care and Control Association and all of the animal control officers out there that this is going to just help to make their lives so much easier. Um, your your new the this, this system that you've taken and just 
really skyrocketed it to the next level is fantastic. And we, we can't say thank you enough. And I'm so excited to see everybody jump on and how successful it's going to be.